People get into running for all different reasons. It's a journey. We all agree on that. But this running goal is out of this world by nature, but literally in it by application. Hello and welcome to the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy. So let's welcome today's guest to the show. So I'd like to welcome Roberto. Hello, Roberto. Welcome to the show. Hello, Neil. Thank you for having me. How are you? Thanks. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. It's really appreciated. So um, a little bit of a different episode today because what I'm about to speak to you about, I never thought I would... I wouldn't have conceived that as a goal myself and I wouldn't have thought to be having the the privilege of talking to someone who was attempting something like this goal. So first of all, Roberto, before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, who you are and sort of your involvement in running. All right. Well, it's a pretty long story. However, I'm going to try to short it as much as I can. I am uh, Roberto. I'm from Italy. I'm precisely from Florence, Tuscany. And I'm a amatorial, passionate runner since I was a little kid of six years old. I, I like saying I, <laughs> I learned ru- to run first and then walk <laughs> when I was a little kid. So yeah. running has been always a big part of my life. And to sum it up, I've always been running for all my life. And uh, like everybody, I started doing long races at school with kids and uh, my younger age. And then uh, getting involved with uh, half marathons, marathons and uh, all, the, all the usual stuff. And then um, I moved to the UK for nine years to work, for work. Yeah. And... Uh, at that point, I decided to mix my main passions, which are running and travel. So the idea was to combine these two together in a single uh, original idea, which consisted to run as any single distance. That didn't matter if it was a 5K, 10K, or a ultramarathon, but in every single country of the world. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a goal. Carry on, carry on. So, yeah, the idea started with a massive <laughs> giant in front of me that I didn't know how to start. And simply at the beginning, I was taking part in uh, uh, international events like everybody traveling for any particular half marathon or a marathon somewhere in Europe, for example. And then actually starting to appreciate the fact of traveling for a particular race. At the yeah. beginning, uh, I went to take part in a Paris marathon or uh, some marathons in Scandinavia, for example, or just in Italy at uh, some point. And uh, just the fact of actually having the goal of traveling uh, for the for the race was actually interesting. Combining the travel and the uh, running together felt quite quite cool and interesting. But at some point, uh, I decided to make the running the real the real goal so 
traveling for the only mission of running in a single place, unusual, and make the country uh, being visited on a, a runner point of view. So, yeah, trying to make it a bit, a little bit, a little more original than a single uh, travel. Yeah, no, I I find that really interesting there because your reason for running and your passion is the way you've combined that is really cool and really unique to me. I don't personally know any other runners that have um, kind of combined passions like that. There are runners that will combine passions, but um, you know, to the fact that you love travel and you love to run and to combine it in that way and come up with this epic goal is just something that, well, totally inspires me to start with, but also um, sort of listening to what you say there, I completely agree. People, will travel to go and do a half marathon or a marathon, like the big, the big major marathons of the world, you know, the New York, Chicago, Tokyo, people will travel and try and do all six of those marathons. Um, but this is in a different way. And just to set the scene for the listeners and to give you a bit of background about me, I ran I, in, in three years of my life so far, 2014, 2017 and 2020, I've ran every day of that year as a goal. And wow. in twenty yeah, in twenty fourteen I traveled a lot. So I ended up on sorry, yeah, no, I only ended up on two continents that year, but in twenty seventeen I ended up on three continents in that year. Um and I went on a ski holiday, I went to visit my sister in the States, and I went to various places in Europe for um at the time what was stag do's. Um pre-wedding so I think when I was when I was away because running was part of my life and I I love it and I was doing it every day it didn't matter where I was in the world I had to go out and run and what I found in those three years in particular obviously not in 2020 because no one went anywhere but I did I found this this thing that was starting to reoccur for me where I was running say in New York visiting my sister and I realized that I was starting to see a way of the world that on that holiday, I would not have seen that unless I was running and you would have never seen it in a tourist point of view. So just on that, get your take on that. You know, the fact that you're running in all these different places, obviously you're traveling there because this is your goal, but I guess you're seeing things that you wouldn't see if you just went there as a normal tourist, say. Exactly. Exactly. That's the way I see it as well. Yeah. So if we dive into it then, um, so we're recording this in 2021. So we're at the stage of the journey that you're at now. So how many countries have you run in so far? Right. So this project, uh, which I called on my Instagram, uh, Running Out of Countries, uh, started uh, about two years ago, something like that. Yeah. And in the last two years plus, I ran to 35 countries. Wow. Wow. So, of course, I visited more countries. However, I had to come back and run again in these countries to tick them off from the list and uh, complete any single uh, run over there. So, right now, I run most of Europe. And uh, recently, i just been to Jordan, which is the first time I've been to the Middle East. Yep. And, yeah, so far, it's... it's Considering the pandemic times that got me stuck for nearly one year or probably more, 
yeah. it's, it's doing not too bad actually, considering the times. Yeah, no, in, in that short period of time, and like you say, with that that pause on the on the goal for just over a year, really, um, you you've obviously achieved quite a lot early on in that goal. So, um, are you still based in the UK then? Uh, right now, I am uh, back in Italy. I'm uh, right. talking from Sicily, from near Palermo. And yeah, right now I live here. So the weather's really hot there, right? I know that's a really British thing to ask you, but it is <laughs> the weather's really hot, right? Uh, yeah, it's still about 20 degrees. However, today it's a bit chillier. It's like 15 right? and it's rainy. So the UK is following me. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we would take 15 degrees here today, I think. Um, uh, yeah, pretty sure. I think, um, obviously, so being European nations that we that we live in, um, you know, excluding England and the UK's recent exit from the European Union, the, the freedom of travel is a little bit easier. Um, we can move around and we can we can get to places quite easy. So I'm guessing the European section of this has has been in terms of operations and logistics fairly straightforward so far absolutely yes uh europe i would say it's the easiest continent to travel to you don't need many visas to enter any country Pr pretty much no country requires a visa unless you go to the middle uh sorry to the eastern europe where some countries still requires a visa other than that travel is pretty much easy so i'm quite I've quite been lucky to uh, take them off quite quickly. Let's so, say. I've, I've got I've got loads of questions, and I'm sure we could talk about this all day. Um, but I'm going to try and keep it concise. But one question that that was on my mind: Have you run in two countries in one day before? Oh yeah, 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 several times. Okay, it happened. And I was um, okay. How to start? Actually, I was in Andorra. Yeah. I ran a half marathon over there, and then I passed the border with Spain, got some uh, uh, passport stamp, which I'm really, really addicted to that. Yeah. So entering Spain and continuing running from there. Then uh, I happened to run in San Marino, the little country uh, yeah. inside Italy. So that's quite easy to uh, get out from the country. Or then uh, I run in Hungary and uh, Slovakia the same on the same day, or um, what else? Romania. Okay, no, Romania. I was only in, in the same country in one day. Right. Okay. Um, I run in uh, Switzerland and Liechtenstein and Austria in one day. So that's three, three countries in one single run. Right, and it, and it was it so in, was it in one single run as well? So you crossed the border. During a yeah. run, yes, oh, I started in Switzerland, um, crossing the whole Liechtenstein country, and then uh, ending up in Austria at the final four four kilometers. So that was quite funny. Brilliant! That's really cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I think any runner listening to this will will be seeing a completely different side to running. You know, it's a great idea, and it's a great concept in someone's mind. But you're living this and little things like running more than one country in one day, I guess a little, I guess they're little like wins or they're little kind of exciting moments that are along that journey as well that make sort of different things happen from day to day, right? It is, it is. Uh, there's a different taste, let's say, if you combine this kind of idea of traveling in every country 
and just single uh, running. I think it has a different taste. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I can I can imagine it does. Um, so talking about Europe, let's let's talk about the Scandinavian countries because um, looking through it, we'll we'll share your Instagram in the description when we put the podcast out so that everyone can follow you. Anyone looking can can find Roberto. It is running underscore out underscore of underscore countries. And um, on there, there's a really great um, section on the highlights reel where it's got all the different countries and, and it's got their flag as, as the symbol as well. So if we talk about those sort of um, Scandinavian part of Europe, um, when did you do Iceland? Oh, Iceland was about two years ago. Uh, went to Iceland many, many times, like 35, 36 times, just for okay. passion for the Nordic countries. I have, a, I have many passions, first of all. <laughs> and Nordic country is one of them. So, yeah, I've been to Iceland many times. However, for running, I uh, had to, of course, take, take it off in a little adventure. So, yeah, I was, in the, I was there in the winter. And that was one of the first countries I ticked off for, from the project of uh, right. running the world. And the idea was actually to not just take off and run by myself, but possibly uh, involve local runners. So the first thing I've done was to... Uh, go on Facebook or Instagram and check any local runners in Iceland in the city I was running and luckily I found about seven, eight runners who were uh, happy to and curious to meet me so they we agreed a uh, time to, to meet and a place and uh, with minus 25 we managed to run about 10, 15 gates Wow, wow so say that again, minus so, minus what, 20? Yes, 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 yes. Wow. So, so running yeah, in minus I, temperatures like that, so that, that kind of what was, you know, the question was going to be around the weather and, and what was it really cold and clearly it was. So when you're, when you're running in that kind of um, temperature, what what's different to, say, someone who lives in the UK or someone who lives in Italy? You know, our, our climate is never never going to go to that extreme at this stage. So how did how did that feel? I bet it was a bit of a shock, right? Uh, but personally, I must say that I have a, an amazing relationship with cold. I don't, okay. I rarely feel cold, um, especially when I'm running. So that was quite a lucky, lucky point for me. The thing of people, <laughs> when I'm telling the story of running with minus 20, minus 15 or whatever, they, of course, they all, they all think I'm crazy. And the normal, the first question I get is if it affects my lungs, my breathing when I'm running. Yeah. Some people felt that. Personally, I never had any issue with this, so I'm okay. On the opposite side, I suffer a lot with hot places. I really? Oh, That's yeah. It's definitely I'm the opposite of, of the Italian, I would say. That's really interesting. So, um, so let's say, I don't know, say, yeah, so take Iceland and then take Jordan, you know, yeah, huge differences. And we've, we've been in contact um, and I've been following you now for, for a little while. And I think with that, I can, I was, you know, following your story on Instagram around the Jordan run when you did that. And how, how, how did it differ in terms of, um, I guess the terrain's going to be different straight away. 
you know, under your feet. But how, what were the differences? Well, uh, of course, uh, Jordan, I didn't know. I just researched a few days before arriving there. I discovered that Jordan is one of the driest countries in the world. So drier than some countries in Africa. And I was actually curious to see if it was true. And my God, if it was true. When I went running along the Dead Sea, two kilometers after, I felt my lips super dry. I was dehydrated completely. I was yeah. knackered. By, by two or three kilometers. So I really felt a huge difference. So of course I was not planning to run any longer than, I don't know, 15, 12K. So yeah, the difference was really, really felt. Yeah. Um, where's oh. the, I'm trying to think the hottest place I've ran. So I've, I've ran actually in a country that you, you will have on your list, but haven't yet visited, which is um, Sierra Leone in Africa. Oh wow, West Africa, and uh, we we were running a marathon, and it was the humidity was unbelievable. And um, you know, I kind of relate to what you're saying there about dehydration and things. So, yeah, I think you've obviously got a big journey ahead. So, what kind of obviously travel and running are your passions, and that kind of led to the goal. But what what really kind of made you do decide to run in every country you know you want to be the first italian to do it right yeah i had to underline first italian because i right 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 when i was in iceland actually back to the running in iceland i discovered that there was a british guy called nick butter who was at, the, at that moment uh finishing to run a marathon in every country in the world so i got super curious about his uh, adventure and i was basically a bit shocked to find out that at the same time there was another guy in the world trying to do the same and he was nearly finishing it so possibly i arrived a little bit later than him but so i had to include also the territories so in, apart from the every country in the world i wanted to add also the uh, autonomous territories uh not recognized countries so uh like i don't know if i if i run in the uk i want i don't want to run only let's say in london but also in jersey in guernsey isle of man scotland wales yeah so, yeah yeah and uh the i don't know the passion for traveling and the countries and geography uh flags capitals borders has always been a big part of my life since, since i was a little kid i was i was I knew every single flag and capital of the world by the age of seven, I guess. So yeah. it always been a big part of my life. So when I saw somebody running, let's say, in Sierra Leone, like you did, or on the other side in some Polynesian countries or some uh, remote corners of the world, I always had to Google where the place was. So I've always yeah. been fascinated, fascinated about that. That's cool. That's a what a great reason to run. You know, people people in the fitness industry that I work in and people in, in the running world always talk about what is your why? You know, what is the why? And your why is very clear and and has lots of links to your passions and what you're interested in. And it it just sounds like a really good way of doing it. Um so being being Italian, um Malta is just just across the across the sea. It's not too far, for, especially from where you are now. Um, 
I have a lot of a lot of history of Malta myself. My mum used to live there when she was a kid. So then, as um, as we grew up, we went there a lot on holiday, and we carried on doing that all the way through our life for the last twenty five years or so. So that includes a lot of my running journey. So I've run a lot in Malta, and um, at times I found that particularly hard. But I ran from one side of Malta to the other because I wanted that yeah. to be my goal. So. I don't think Malta's on your list yet. Is it, have you, you haven't ticked it off yet? It's not on my list. I was actually, I was literally searching to go in the next month. Right. But it was not logistically possible. So I had to combine, of course, work and, and free time also with this. So not every day it's uh, possible to, <laughs> to travel, unfortunately. But yeah, my, yeah Malta is on my, my wish list since a long time. As it's so close. Yeah, and I think I think um, that's kind of what I was getting at with the question is the the places that are really close and a quick flight or or even a ferry across is they must be really kind of um, you must see them as almost like low hanging fruit, quite easy to tick off, but maybe you don't get the chance that you'd like to due to the the tail end of the pandemic or, or you know work and things get in the way, right? So is there yeah. do you find any challenges with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time, big time. You no, know, every day you find the right deal, the right price, or like you just said, uh, Malta in, in particular has been close to the uh, tourism for for a very extended period of time. They just reopened now for Italians some months ago, so it wasn't easy to get there, although the distance. And the the good thing about it is that so so far I didn't run in too many countries. So I have the full choice of destinations still in front of me. Yeah. So right now I'm just picking up uh, whatever is available uh, for the days off I have and uh, the prices. So at the moment I'm trying to tick them off as, ma as many as I can. And one day, as soon as the, the list is going to get shorter, uh, probably I will invest a bit more money and time in uh, getting there <laughs> to complete it. Yeah, and I guess, I guess you, I don't know, you obviously like so you know, down under Australia and New Zealand, one would assume that yeah. the strategy is to go and do those at the same time, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, um, I cannot have like a, a extend, very extended period of time or I cannot go to Australia in uh, three days off and run there and be back a few hours later. It's just impossible. So at some point I will have to basically focus and dedicate a lot of time, I don't know, leaving my current job or finding a solution to be there for a very long period of time, I don't know, a couple of months or something. And uh, also uh, spend lots of money in traveling because obviously <laughs> it's all uh, found by myself. I don't have any sponsors yet if one day will arrive. So it's yeah. all made for uh, just personal hobby at the moment. This is not even a, there's not yeah. even a, a big goal about it behind. It's just my my passion at the moment. Yeah, no, but that's great. Passion. Passion's always the thing to follow. That's what I find. That's why we're here. I love that we have this platform to talk to people about their journeys. And, you know, I'm sure as I am already with, with what you're saying, there's lots to learn about the world of running. And this is a completely different perspective. And, um, yeah, certainly one that I, I'm very interested in myself. So hopefully... Yeah hopefully throughout your journey and your passion through this, you'll, you'll really find, you know, I'm sure there'll be loads of stories that you get along the way. So on that note, so far in this journey, is there, 
is there a story that stands out to you that that perhaps has not got that much to do with running, but um, probably happened because you were there trying to run in that country? Is there anything that stands out? Um, I keep saying that to everybody that asked me that in <laughs> friends, interview and uh, curious people, because I do want to show off as the ultra runner, the strongest runner on earth. I'm not. I'm just a amateurial runner like everybody. I have my own pace. Uh, it can be strong. It can be fast. Or it can be slow to some some other people. I don't really care anymore about the uh, distance or pace I have. I just want to run there for the pleasure of running. So if I I want to show show to people that it's possible. Everybody can do it. Yeah. Unless I mean, you just need to want to run in a particular place. And about running in the countries, I also like running, including running in unusual places. And yeah. the most unusual one so far that I, I run to is the Vatican State. Right. Because, of course, I, I wanted to include some kilometers running along the St. Peter Square, which is yeah. the smallest country in the world. And to do so, I discovered that you need a particular uh, authorization to run there. Right. I thought it was as a, as a public square. I didn't know that, but Vatican has its own rules. So I discovered that you need a particular um, permit to, to run over there. And luckily, uh, after a little bit of research, emails, phone calls, I managed to have a, a phone call with a commando of the Vatican Gendarmerie. Right. So after a few after a few days, I received a permission and authorization to run over there. I wanted to run about twelve laps uh, of St. Peter Square to complete some kilometers, and then run the whole perimeter of the of the country. And luckily, it has been possible. So they let me run at a very specific day and time, so six a.m. of a Thursday. So I had the whole St. Peter Square at sunrise just for myself i was the only one over there and running uh, under the the columns of st peter square on my own was just an amazing experience like it's difficult to explain it to just running a square in laps 12 laps and being on your own in the, the smaller the smallest country in the world actually i i like to say that in the world, at that moment, there were many runners doing their uh, daily jog. Yeah. But on that precise day and precise moment, I was the only runner in that country. Oh, so, wow, yeah. Great story. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that's quite a cool story. And uh, I really, really, it's one of, still of my, one of my favorite runs. Although it was nothing special. I was not going fast. I didn't do many kilometers. But symbolically, it really meant a lot for me oh huge absolutely huge um i can relate i've done a few a few special runs if that makes sense so i um my sister used to live in brooklyn in new york so i i got up at i got up before sunrise and then ran the sunrise of the brooklyn bridge um when there was no one else around and you know people come up with their own little goals and obviously that was yours but what a story that is because uh, I would argue, is there is there that many people that have even done that? Uh, well, probably I, I I knew of several runners who just simply cross St. Peter's Square in their daily jog around Rome. Yeah. But I don't know if people actually 
thought of this idea of just running along St. Peter's Square <laughs> for yeah, several yeah. Laps, laps. So, yeah, that got my curiosity. And I was really actually proud of this uh, of this moment. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's a that's a great story, and and you know, there's probably things you did in that story that you would never otherwise have done in your life ever. You wouldn't have done, you wouldn't have spoke to the people you spoke to. There would have been no reason for those conversations to happen. You know, what an experience to to just be able to do the run itself. Um, sounds like yeah, it was uh it was quite hard to sort out as well. So yeah, if we talk about Let's go on to the most obscured place that you've run so far. Oh, obscure places. <laughs> yeah. What What would you well, say? Um, that's a tricky question. Let's say that basically I don't like going like on a holiday, let's say, or traveling where everybody goes. I like to go where people don't go. Yeah. So, for example, I haven't. I've been to a country that where not many tourists normally go, which is um, Kosovo. Yes. Yeah, so I did see Kosovo on your list, actually, yeah. So yeah. Tell, tell us a bit about that. Was was it hostile? Uh, not at all. I must say it was everything was super safe. However, of course, uh, not every country is uh, modern or rich on their own. So I must say that being a, for, a, a new country, separating from Serbia with some uh, Albanian influence uh, culturally. Of course, it has its own uh, issues and uh, good sides. So, of course, the, the country is brand new and there's a lot of uh, uh, stuff to improve, let's say. Yeah. For example, the state of the roads was really, really hard. Um, there was no asphalt or at some point you had three ways with no indication, no signs whatsoever, no lights at all. People driving really fast with no many rules along the road. Yeah. So that was a, a little bit hard, especially at night. But at the same time, once you get there, people are super friendly. So because they're not really used to see proper tourism over there, that they're really welcoming you. If yeah. they have, whoever has less, less probably chance to give you something will will welcome you in whatever way they can. So, for example, I was staying in uh, uh, Prizren, which is one of the cities uh, in south of Kosovo, and the owner of the place where I was staying basically reopened the kitchen for me at 10.30 p.m., welcoming me with whatever he could. So it was really, really welcoming for me. Really, really cool. And in not, not in every country you receive such a welcoming. For example, even in Jordan, I... I was surprised that since I was sweating and uh, tired of running in a man in the 33 degrees, I, yeah. a man of a, of a shop just gave me a free bottle of water just because. So that really, really touched me. And uh, not in every country you receive free stuff, let's say, or such a nice welcome. So, yeah, it's obscure in terms of uh, tourism and uh, uh, news, let's say. Uh, yeah on the social medias or the TV news or newspapers. But actually, this is something that really, really intrigues me. It makes me want to discover these places even more than a simple run in a country which is uh, uh, approachable by anybody. The, um, you know, 
that they, they say that say football we both like football football could be like an international language um but actually in your case you're finding out that you're there running the reason you're there is running and actually people are still being welcoming and and they're perhaps curious about what it is you're doing and you know they're willing to have that kind of there is that community side to it as well right absolutely completely agree with you uh the good thing of instagram is not not every day of course you find local runners but with the time and a little bit of searching, you can kind of uh, get in touch with some people who are interested, first of all, in my project, and then um, willing to meet me in real and go to a, for a run together. And this happened a few times in different countries. And to me, it's what, what means the most when I'm running in a new country. Getting yes. to know somebody for the first time in real uh, after a little bit of chatting together and uh, finally get to run together in their places for me, it's something that still amazes me. And in particular, when, um, when I run to a new, in a new location, if I run with a local person, of course, they're going to take me to some different path away from the touristic uh, areas. Yeah. So that it, it becomes more authentic and we can share some stories while running together. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, running's always been about the people. And like you say, um, if you go as a tourist to to, to countries and, and especially to certain countries, um, you have to stay on the beaten track just because of fear of maybe going somewhere that you're not meant to be or or is it safe? But if you are with a local that that wants to just have a nice run, you perhaps get to see see those bits that you wouldn't otherwise see. So, yeah, I, I take that. I take what you're saying there. And I think I, I can see how that is a really kind of nice addition where you get to share those stories with someone from that country. And obviously there'll be language barriers, right? And and you have to get past those. But, you know, how, how many languages do you speak? Well, I actually speak six languages. So communication is uh, is okay with me, let's say. So so what are those languages? Go for well, it. Well, of course, Italian, French, yeah. English, Spanish, Portuguese, and Finnish. Wow. Wow. So, well, I don't speak any Slavic language. Well, I speak a little bit of Polish or uh, I can manage a little bit of Hungarian, which I, although I know it's super difficult, I, I really like the language, so it sticks to my mind. But I don't speak any Asian language or Arabic, so it's going to be difficult by the time I'm going to be running there. Yeah. No, but I mean, what, what, a, way, what a way to meet people. And, you know, running for me, um, I we all have phases where, you run PBs and you run, you run your first distance at that time and you want to do well and whatever. We all go through that as runners at some point in our life. But I, I'm very much like you. It's, it's pace for me is just a four letter word. You know, it's not important. It's um, for me, it's the people in the community that you can, you can meet. And when I say community, I don't just mean my local running club or whatever. I mean the whole world, the, the running community. And like you say about social media and linking up with people, you know, here we are. We're, we're, we're talking about running on a podcast, which at this point is fairly new. Um, and it's just a great way to connect communities. And, you know, if, if I can pass your journey on to just one person that is listening, maybe over, you know, my, my, friends and brother-in-law in the states or whoever and then you end up there and you end up running with them you know we've got one big running community in the whole world um yeah we've got we've got something in common straight away right 
completely completely uh while you were talking i was actually thinking that uh pace as you said is a four letter word and i don't know if you if you will agree with me let's say on the social media part uh on instagram or facebook or anything else it doesn't matter if you if you post a picture where you where you say oh i ran a 50 miles or one single kilometer and you will discover that sometimes not every time of course but sometimes the number of likes or comments will will be on the shorter run just because the message is a lot more intense than a 50k marathon yeah yeah so sometimes i I, it happened to me that i had a little bit more extra time in a country and to make you an example i was in montenegro yeah and i ran my 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 run my 12 or 13k in uh, Kotor, and i was okay with but the second day i had some extra time and i ran a lap of uh, just 200 meters of a artificial island into the fjord and uh, funny enough that got more attention than the run of uh, 12k so yeah. just because i wanted to run a single perimeter of a of a little island of 200 meters it's it's just about it you know so, so actually, you know, the point you're making there, I, I do agree. I do agree. I think the what the run is maybe about is probably more interesting than the pace anyway, right? Or the distance. Absolutely. I think I think when I, when I look at um, posts on Instagram by every single runner, yes, of course, I can put my eyes on the distance or the pace. But like the pace is a four-letter word. The, the pace is just a couple of numbers. So... I don't really, it doesn't really attract me anymore. Of course, I will support uh, whoever uh, trains for that. I'm not disagreeing on this. There's no disrespect on that. However, on my own style, I I like to just concentrate on the distance rather than the pace. So, yeah, it's just about, if it takes me an hour to run 10K or 50 minutes or 40, 40 minutes or two hours, I don't really care. Excellent, you you are my kind of guy. Love that. That's that's uh, that's really cool. So, um, talk to me about Greenland. So, talk to me about the whole trip, what you did when you were there, and well, quite frankly, the idea of running in those conditions. Go for it. Oh yeah, well, Greenland is a, is another milestone, let's say, into my journey. Uh, it was a few years ago, and uh, I took part in the Polar Circle Marathon, which is in uh, the exotic location called of Kangerlussak, uh, just above the Arctic Circle. And it's a marathon that happens every year around the uh, last week of October, so everybody can do it. Check it, check it out with the Albatross uh, Marathons. Yeah. And it, you, you can choose of running... Um, Full marathon, a half marathon, a ultra marathon, and I went for the ultra marathon. And the idea of being there was just incredible. Running uh, 63, 63 kilometers, so 40 miles on the between the ice cap uh, with the permafrost on the ice and uh, the running running on rocks, sand, and uh, constant wind with minus 16 for like seven or eight hours is just something that blows my mind. And I don't know still how I managed to do it. 
So, a 40-mile ultra around the Arctic Circle, basically. Tell yeah. me tell me what goes through your mind when you actually stand on the start line of that ultra marathon. What, what actually are you thinking? Right. So, when, you are, when I was at the starting line, I was so excited and scared at the same time. I didn't know how my body was going to react. I don't know if I was going to be able to finish it. But at the same time, I was just looking forward to put one step ahead on the ice and see how far I could, I could go. Luckily, I managed to finish it. But very, very soon after the start, I discovered that, again, the pace was the slowest I ever had. And yeah. I didn't really care. It was the, the, last, of, the, the last of my problems. And uh, if it took me an hour to do 6K on the ice with minus 20, fair enough. Even if it takes me the double, I didn't care. I was there. I was happy. And uh, the perception of being with about 100 runners with the same goal, uh, it just was amazing. 100 runners that you, you met and became friends with and a um, hundred runners that start with you at the same time, but of course everybody has a different uh, rhythm. So there's been some moments where I was the only one with uh, on the on the let's say road. There was no road, but I was the only one over there with nobody in front of me until the the horizon and nobody behind me until the horizon. <laughs> so oh, wow. the perception was just incredible something that i still didn't experience anywhere else and what what was so what were the weather conditions was there was there times when there was visibility for a long way or was there not much visibility at times how, how did that go uh, it was uh, pretty much okay although when i was running on the ice cap uh, it was a little bit foggy but not that that much it was kind of almost clear sky so you could see almost until the horizon. But yeah, no, it was actually a mystic aura around it for the weather. And in the race briefing for that, were they, what kind of dangers were they talking about? Because I can imagine compared to say a, a Peak District trail run in the UK or, you know, a normal trail run, uh, they must have been listing that. What were the dangers that they sort of talked about? Uh, in terms of dangers, there's not really much of of a danger, let's say. Yeah, you can, uh, of course, you can slip her. So yeah. that's one of the, ma the the main issues that can happen. And uh, luckily, nobody got injured. But other than that, yeah, you can encounter some wild animals like some uh, reindeers or buffaloes. There are some buffaloes in Greenland. So that was, that was really cool. And I managed to spot a few, few of them running in the distance. That was really nice to, to see. And they say that there are polar bears as well. I didn't see any. They didn't mention any. So I think it's it was quite of a safe area uh, to run around. Of course, the, the deeper and north you go around Greenland, I guess the danger becomes bigger. So in terms of safety, everything was well organized. You had some uh, uh, people at every checkpoint, every 10K. So it was okay. Yeah, was well organized. Yeah. In terms of safety, maybe uh, about animals, completely away from Greenland, I went to uh, Svalbard, which is the northernmost 
place in the world where you can run just be- below the North Pole above Greenland, above uh, Norway. Yeah, and there the safety was uh, quite interesting because there were I, I run there a marathon and. Uh, there were guards every few kilometers with uh, rifles, and they told us that the day before the race, um, they saw some polar bears running on, uh, walking on it. So wow. that was really, really interesting. Wow. Yeah. No. So um, the idea of animal encounters for me as an ultra runner, you know, I'm I'm still quite I'm I'm very early in my journey, but animal encounters do fascinate me about ultra running and being a being a, a british citizen citizen there is very little danger to me apart from cows and they're probably okay um but you know listening to you being in greenland that was the first one of the first things i thought when i looked at your instagram posts from there was i thought about polar bears and because although i've got all these big goals and aspirations i was like oh would I ever do that? Because what about the bears? What about polar bears? You know, there could be a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, anyone who's listened to the former episodes of this podcast will realise that I have a thing about animals. I always, uh, if there's an opportunity to ask a question, I do. And it was, you know, it's on, on my questions here for you, but you've kind of answered that already. And uh, that the fact that you have been involved in a race where, well, two races where there could have been polar bears is quite scary the fact that they have to have guards every few kilometers on one of those races just makes me question whether if i had the opportunity i I probably would take it because i would see that life is too short and i would want to take the opportunity to take part but i would have to question that if they have to do that then (laughs) I, i i would question being in that race itself so fair play to you on that so an ultra marathon in the cold, in the with very slippery underfoot. You know what were you wearing on your? What was what was your footwear? Uh, I had some uh, trail salmon tools, and underneath they were made of Gore-Tex, so nothing were nothing wet inside. But uh, on the sole of the, of the shoe, I had the the how you call them the uh like the spikes yeah the, yeah yeah exactly the rampons you know the little metal thingy yeah yeah to sleep. Or the, or yeah. impossible to run without i saw some runners that actually had to almost give up on their running because they didn't have any spikes yeah and so yeah that was uh, my my gear for running and other than that i didn't i i, I had only some long, long sleeve leggings and uh, just a, a wind jacket. That's all. And I understand that that was your first and only ultra marathon so far. Yes, correct, correct. I'm trying to find the energies again to uh, run again another ultra. Um, I have the goal in my in my head of running in Italy a famous race uh, of a hundred k, which at some yeah. point will be done. But with this project again of running every country, I discovered that I'm more. I would me. I would be more interested in uh, crossing a whole entire country or from border to border again, like Liechtenstein, uh, yeah. in a hundred k. It would be more successful to me and definitely more uh, meaningful. 
yeah, and, and obviously fits really well in with the goal as well. So I, I completely understand that. And um, but yeah, I mean, to, to for anyone to increase from the the marathon distance to an ultra marathon, whether that be the fifty k, the hundred k, the hundred miler, fifty miler, whatever it is, but you know that's a big jump for anyone to do. But for you to do it, but then do it in that environment, must have yeah. been. I mean, what a what an experience. That's a totally different experience to anyone I've spoke to before in terms of their transition from doing the normal marathon to doing an ultra. That's a huge transition. And it, did it catch you off guard? Sorry? Did it did it catch you? Did it catch you out? Did it catch you off guard? Did it make you feel like you were running somewhere that you weren't meant to be running or didn't have the experience to do? Um I wouldn't say, like, with a, I don't know, it's, it's difficult to explain when you are the only one in a, in, a, in a place on that precise moment. The feeling like you, you're just yourself is difficult to put into words. So I was just focusing on the, on the vibes, on the running, and the, and the landscape. I had the glaciers right next to me until, until the horizon, and that, Sometimes you could even hear the cracking of the ice, so it was just mind blowing. What a uh, what an absolute privilege to be there, and and that's and, a, yeah, a, a big privilege, I would say. Yeah, you you said it better. Yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe people listening to this have done that race or or are striving to do that race one day. Who knows? We we will see. So. um what when it comes to this this goal last question really um around injury so runners can tend to get injured quite a lot and obviously i think what you've said earlier from my point of view in sports science the fact that you're not running hard and you don't care for pace and whatever that's always going to help with not getting injured um but how do you keep yourself injury free um what i'd like to say to uh, run not runners who would like to start running is that possibly uh, sharing my mistakes that I've done when I started running uh, the first marathons. Yeah. I I started buying really cheap shoes, for example. I don't know, like thirty pounds <laughs> price yeah. shoes, and uh, run a marathon in that definitely didn't feel right. I had some knee pain, some back pain, all sorts of pain you have after a marathon, but a lot bigger. So the first thing I always recommend is to invest a little bit more in some shoes. Just be comfort comfortable in that. And uh, yes, something like with a soft sole, not to have too much impact with the asphalt on your knees. And that's about it. And always uh, remember that you're, you need to run slower, basically the 80% of the times you're running. Because if you keep running on your uh, race pace, let's say, every single time, at some point you will injure yourself. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So uh, they, they keep saying that run slower to go faster. It's yeah. basically one of my, my mottos. Excellent. Excellent. I completely agree with that as well. So... um. Just quick fire questions. So, so far, what's been your favorite country to run in? Ah, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know how to answer to this country. It's like, 
which which child is your favorite yeah every country has been uh regardless the size or the or the time i had there every experience has been amazing although we've been speaking about greenland so greenland probably is one of the most uh interesting countries i've been running for sure yeah. i would add maybe the faroe islands just above the uk yeah and yeah, yeah but maybe, maybe also the all the balkans uh yeah definitely like macedonia montenegro very beautiful places to check out yeah and even lately jordan was really interesting so first time for me into the middle east and uh i'm trying to organize myself to uh run there again next march if possible to really take off many other countries nearby nice nice and obviously um so like your bucket list is to run in every country clearly um but is there is there a race that you we you know any race marathon ultra marathon 10k is there any race that you haven't yet done that you aspire to do and that you really want to do um there are a few however that they don't they're not really known i know there's an ultra marathon which i don't remember even remember the name so that's quite funny uh it's uh 200 kilometers across greenland uh, sorry across mongolia right so okay. that really really gets my attention and there's another one that includes a half marathon in um six days yeah in the five uh stun countries so you have six days and every day you run in a a half marathon in uh, Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, and Tajikistan. So every day in a different country, that's definitely something for me. Wow. That will be the, yeah. that will be the most unique answer that I ever get on this podcast. And we're only, <laughs> we're only 11 episodes in, but I reckon that will be the most unique answer to that question that I ever get. Cause that's oh, actually, cool. I've got another one for you, which well, unfortunately it didn't happen last year due to the COVID nineteen. Yeah, uh, I was supposed to go to Norea and run the last year. Of course, it didn't happen. It got cancelled, but everything was ready. I had the flights, the visas, everything was ready to to be there. So it's been just postponed of a couple of years. Right. So, yeah, again, like I think, yeah, the, you know, this is just going to be, I don't know, like what, what, a, what a goal and what a bucket list to have and what a great, um, what a great interview as well. I mean, it's been a, it's been amazing listening to all of that. That's just a bit mind blowing for me, um, you know, and I'm sure it will be to people that are <laughs> listening and, and even, even the more specific bit about the ultra as well is just, just this different level to what I'm at at the minute or what, what some people will have been at. And, you know, thanks for sharing that with us because I mean, Epic, Epic is the only word for it. It's a great, it's a great goal. It's a great, um, it's a great journey and what a great life. Hopefully you will have on this massive adventure. And I certainly will, you know, thanks to social media, be able to keep up with it and, and keep following you on that journey. So on that note, if anyone wants to follow you, so obviously the Instagram we've mentioned, um, but you're you're doing a blog as well. Are you doing a blog about it? I, I used to, but I prefer to keep it on my only social media active on running, which is a uh, uh, Instagram. So yeah. running out of countries is the only place to <laughs> look for me at the moment. I have a Facebook page, 
but I prefer to keep it only on Instagram so far. It's yeah, no. where I think it's more appropriate at the moment. Yeah, no, cool. So uh, we'll definitely follow you there. And I'm looking forward to following you on the journey as well. So thanks, Roberto, Thank for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, man. My pleasure. And um, I hope everyone listening enjoyed it. And there's maybe there's multiple things in there that hopefully people will have got out of that today. And um, if you did enjoy it or you think there's someone that might enjoy it, people that like to travel, people that, that like to run in different countries, do share this podcast with them it'd be great to get this out there and heard across the world um especially if roberto is going to be visiting any countries as well but um for today i hope you all enjoyed yourself and i hope that we can meet here again on the ultra yeah. running podcast with me coach we, we, we definitely will. Thank you.